This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy VO, here with Kevin, Larry, and Will. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. I don't, I don't even think you, you Panther fans really need for me to express other than we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the Titans game coming up, too. Um, we'll talk about um, some, well, some, some, some minor movement. Uh, we had a, the gentleman that we just signed. He got, got kicked up to the practice squad, if I'm not mistaken, um, and some other things. But primarily we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about the Tennessee game, and uh, we'll talk about our feelings on um, on what we can do to 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 hopefully be better, and hopefully what the coaches are going to do, and how they're going to look at look at how to how to scheme a little bit better for the next game. So, wow, um, well, not too happy about fifty burgers. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's yeah. Anyway, anyway, so. Um, let's just go ahead and get down to this, man. Damn, 49ers game. And to you 49er fans out there, respect. That defense is real. Straight up. Straight up. I, I, don't, I don't know how else to put that. That, 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 that defense was real. That, that defense was something else. Respect. I'll leave it at that. So, um, we'll start with uh, Kevin, and then we'll go to uh, Larry and go to Will, okay? And we'll just... You guys just give 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 your insight on what happened. Um, <laughs> well, we will. We know what the hell happened. We'll just get more, more insight on what exactly led or transpired, um, and we'll go from there. So, Kevin, please. Well, I start things off talking about the beat down by the bay. You know, we damn sure wasn't at the dock of the bay. I tell you that much. Mm, no, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I mean, no Otis Redding. Simply put, that was an old-fashioned, take you behind the woodshed, drop your pants, grab your ankles, and I'm going to whoop your ass type of game. That's pretty much what it came out to from the pretty much the opening round in the first quarter all the way to the finishing in the fourth. I mean, it was just a total annihilation of the Carolina Panthers. And crazy part was, it, as good as San Francisco is, we damn sure helped them out more than anything. I mean, I really don't know where to begin. Uh, it's just, it's like, I, I want to say I'm over it, but as I'm looking back over these stats and these statistics, I, I, I just, it's just really something that just, it's just going to be stuck with me for a long time. But, you know, my quick analysis of it from a offensive point of view, offensive line gave up six sacks in the first half. Four of those sacks came on third down, drive killers. I mean, in an abundance of penalties, I mean, good God almighty, like, we we were, like, third in the league for, like, the fewest penalties uh, prior to this game. But after this game, we had nine accepted penalties for, like, 70 yards. And of those nine penalties, six of them resulted in first downs for the 49ers. So we really did ourselves no favors. Uh, the third down defense was just it was just it was just not there San Francisco converted five out of ten that's 50 percent we wow. just I don't know what happened during the bye week last four bye weeks under Ron Rivera 
we've came out with a W, but for whatever reason this week, we just uh, we just got beat by a better team, point blank and simple. You know, and I, I just think that this can be if we if we use this right, this experience can be something that can help us out because we have been stating for weeks that the run defense was being masked by our sacks and our pressures on the quarterback. And it really got exposed to the utmost degree this past Sunday in San Francisco. 200 and they ran for 200 and I think 32 yards rushing. I mean, (laughs) you know, this was something that can be used as a good coaching tool, something that the players can be humbled and reevaluate themselves. And I think that how we come out this coming Sunday will, will determine a lot about the mentality of not just the players, but the coaching, the coaches as well, the front office. Uh, this game coming up against Tennessee would definitely be something to see where our mind frame is at to make sure we don't have a post-Pittsburgh free fall like we did last year in 2018 when we got annihilated on Thursday night football. So I'm just looking forward to learning from this, applying the lessons from this, and getting back on that winning track. So that's my take on it. Larry, how you feeling, man? Well, you know, I may have the most unique perspective on this game, but I'm not really surprised of the outcome because, uh, honestly, you know, for the most part, I saw the same team that we've seen throughout the four-game winning streak. You know, Christian McCaffrey, he had over 150 all-purpose yards like he usually does. We got to the quarterback when we had opportunities. We had three sacks. You know, whenever when we're winning, everything is all good, and we tend to overlook the major deficiencies that we have as a team. And what Kyle Shanahan did is he really illuminated some of the problems that we've had since week one. You know, our offensive line, you know, I, I can I can nitpick. I can tell you about Trey Turner before he got hurt. You know, the, the Arizona game, I graded him at a 100. He had a perfect game. He did everything he was supposed to do. You know, Greg Van Roten has had some pretty decent games and has some bad games. We're yet to collectively put together a total dominant offensive performance as far as the offensive line goes. Like, you know, guys have had struggles. Everybody knows what Darrell Williams is. Everybody knows what Paradis has been doing. And what the Niners did is they just basically put a flashlight on our problems. I, I think we needed a loss like this to kind of humble ourselves. Like, it's been eight weeks and we've yet to put together a complete offensive line dominant performance. So it got exposed. On the defensive side, yeah, we've been getting after the quarterback. Yeah, the pass defense has been good. We've gotten turnovers. We've gotten interceptions and stuff like that. But guess what the biggest problem has been? Even in the wins, we can't stop the run. (laughs) And Kyle Shanahan took advantage of that. He ran all over us. Tevin Coleman has been running all over us for three years now. We haven't done anything to stop it. And I think where it starts at is the interior defensive line. Gerald McCoy has been very disruptive since he's been here, but he's been a liability in the run game. Nobody wants to admit that. Um, Our safety play has been sorry in the run game. Nobody has wanted to admit that until today. Well, until, you know, Sunday. Uh, Don Terry Poe, I I hate to say this because I was his his biggest critic last year. As far as stopping the run, he 
he's been the most solid as far as just doing his job. Yeah. Not giving up ground, taking on double teams, keeping guys off his linebackers. He's the only one that really has been doing his job, to be honest with you. But the other DTs, Love, uh, McCoy, Vern, it just showed that we missed KK. Because even though KK is like a pass rushing specialist, he still has a a distinct ability to be a threat in the run game and to stop in the run game. We just don't have that. We miss him. Mm-hmm. But that's what it came down to this week. I was like, it's not real hard. We got it. We didn't get exposed because our our deficiency of they've been exposed. Everybody knows that. If you watch film, everybody knows what our problems were. The 49ers just did a good job of taking advantage of our problems. And we got to do something to fix these problems. We have to learn to stop the run. And somehow, some way, whatever the group you want to put together, somehow, some way, we need five guys on the offensive line to put together a complete performance. And we needed this kind of loss. That's just how I feel. I know it's not the common the common feeling everybody else has. A lot of people are shocked, but I'm really not. They just took advantage of our weaknesses, and they got exposed. Hopefully, it's something that we can take advantage of and fix the problems. I hope you're right. <laughs> Cause this is gonna be an ugly season if we if we repeat what happened last year. That man, good lord, I hope it. Oh, anyway, Will, how you feel, man? Well, I, I'm a little bit more. I'm disappointed with this performance a lot because if you rewind back to the Pittsburgh game last year, we lost 52 to 21, and in the post game press conference, a quote from Ron Rivera stood out to me. He said, what happened tonight? And he said, guys are trying to do things that we're not asking them to do. Mm. And I feel like that that exactly describes what happened yesterday. So why are we a year later and guys are still freelancing, trying to make home run splash plays and not playing within the system and being disciplined with their gap assignments and stopping the run game, you know, keeping the eyes to watch for the screens and um, shovel passes coming. It's just the lack of discipline is what gets me and it carries to both sides of the football and defense guys aren't maintaining gap integrity, allowing running backs to find cut, lat, cut back lanes and get explosive plays. Mm-hmm. And on offense, I think this is the most penalties we've had all year. I mean, since when have Ron Rivera teams been penalized like this? So I think it's a very disappointing game and it's concerning because it seems like it's becoming a common trend with this team that's been carrying over from last season. And I think with the 49ers, we found a team that took what we did best and used it against us. You know, you look at maybe against the Arizona Cardinals or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a guy can shoot a gap, you know, make a play in the backfield, you know, celebrating big play. We're getting tackles for losses. Defense looks great. This is the best roster we've had, you know, rah, rah, go team. Mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan's watching that saying, this guy's not, maintaining gap responsibility although he made that play you know he left his gap open taking notes i'm gonna expose that you know your edge rushers getting up field fast getting after the quarterback no but are they keep are they using their eyes looking for screens looking for shovel passes you know getting their hands up trying to bat balls down how are they in run support are they you know forcing plays inside and you know anchoring that edge you know, Kyle Shanahan's looking at those things. You know, we're getting 80 sacks this year. Pass rush looks great. But Kyle Shanahan seeing these things, taking notes. You know, edge rushers are playing a little too aggressive upfield. I'm going to take advantage of that, jotting things like that down. 
And it's just a, an accumulation of things that we've been doing so well this year that I felt the 49ers just studied that defense and just found out the perfect way to attack us. And the thing is, when you watch the tape, it's not a matter of effort. You know, it's the same Panthers we've been seeing all year. Pass rush, aggressive, getting upfield. Difference is the 49ers use it against us. We're going to use screen plays and shovel passes to use your aggression against you. You know, we're going to running backs are going to be able to find ways to cut back against over-aggressive linebackers. You know, your safeties are taking poor angles. We're going to expose that. And I just think all of this just was an accumulation that allowed our defense to give up two 75-yard drives in the first half, scoring touchdown drives. So I'm I'm very disappointed in the defensive performance. As far as the offense goes, I can't say I'm surprised. I mean, we got a (laughs) second-year quarterback going against the number two defense in the NFL. Mm -hmm. You know, this was supposed to be a 16 to 10, you know, 17, 13 type game. We needed our defense to play the way they know how to play to Mm -hmm. help keep us in this game and compete with this team. But we just didn't get that this game. But I think the penalties killed us, of course. You know, Kyle Allen showed his experience, inexperience rather. You can't say I'm surprised. I mean, we're not expecting this kid to go 80 and 0 never throw an interception and win 10 Super Bowls, you know I mean? I know a lot of people like withdrawing those Kurt Warner, Tom Brady comparisons, saying he's the future. At the end of the day, he's still a developmental quarterback in every game. going to be a learning experience for him. So mm-hmm. I think this was, in a way, it was good for him because he has some things. He can go back to the drawing board, study the tape, and be better against Tennessee this week. So, you know, we just got to put it behind us and move on. But there's a lot of concerning trends I'm seeing from this team carrying back to last year. That ain't gonna play. That ain't gonna work out, man. I mean, I know a lot of folks been talking about Ron Rivera needs to go. I mean, I mean, he's the winningest coach in franchise history, mind you. However, this lack of discipline. I mean, pros are pros. Don't get me wrong. Pros are pros. If you're a professional, damn it, you need to act like one. But. <laughs> This this constant reoccurrence of people losing concentration, losing focus. It's been going on every year, also like three years in a row here. It seems like these guys are just losing that that mental awareness, and then we try to kick it back up and again, kick it back up again against other other opponents, and then we just fall on our face. Jeez, man, what what do we need to do, fellas? What what's, what's, what do we need to do? I mean, I'll I'll debate with Will a little bit. I know that. He expected a, a better performance from the defense. But at the same time, those three turnovers, those three interceptions that Kyle Allen had, each of them put the Niners inside the 30-yard line. So that's about 20, 21 points. That's true. You can't really blame on the defense. You know, you still got to be smart. So I understand he's young, he's making mistakes, but we're all pretty much active in these Facebook groups. We see people calling him Tom Brady every day. Like I said, this was just a humbling experience, not just for the players, not just for the coaches, but for Panther Nation. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't, I, I, all of us study film. We we're really, really deep into this. We really, really love our team, and we really try to be, you know, instructors. We try to we we try to provide education to the rest of the fan base. But we 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 know we saw this coming. We knew that we couldn't stop the run. We knew our offensive line wasn't where it needed to be. So it shouldn't be as shocking as it is, but it should hurt. But all I care about is as long as it's a humbling experience, I actually treat this like a blessing. Like we needed a whooping like this. 
now, you know, instead of being so aggressive upfield and being susceptible to the screen passes and the shovel passes, that gives your rookie Brian Burns something to think about now. That gives Haynes something to think about now. That gives Obata something to think about now. They throw a whole lot of stuff at us that we've never seen before. So it's a lot of positive things to take out of this loss. All it's going to do is make us better if Ron Rivera has the culture right in the locker room, if guys know how to face adversity and know how to overcome it. That's been the biggest question mark for me. Can we overcome adversity? Because like you said, Tim, we haven't shown that we can in the last three years. Aside from a comeback win against Philly, Mm. when things are bad, they get worse. When things are really bad, they get really, really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Like It's like we don't have a, a great area. Either we're doing really, really good, four-game winning streak, six and two last year, or we're doing really, really bad. You got to find that great area where things get rough, but you find a way to overcome it. That's all I want from this football team. Just show me that this loss don't mean too much. Just show me that we can get over it and we can get better from it. That's mm-hmm. all I want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Just to add a little bit more to what was just said, I know you was talking about the three interceptions. Uh, by the time Kyle Allen threw his second interception, the score was already 34-13. So, yeah, the, those interceptions did start deep within our drive, but <laughs> it was already pretty much damn near decided before them last two interceptions in the uh, fourth quarter just kind of, yeah. you know, just dug the coffin di- even deeper for us on this game. But everything else... You know, it's pretty much spot on. I, me, I, you know, y'all, y'all know me, fellas. I'm always optimistic. I'm always, I'm trying to be realistic. You know, I, I try to find the silver lining. I'm trying to stay positive. Yeah, y'all know how I was in the chat Sunday. I'm, I'm still pounding. I'm still thinking. You know, hey, it ain't over. You know, when we got it, when we got that safety and that touchdown to make it 13-27, I could have sworn, all right, it's gonna start the combat. You know, but mm-hmm. you know, it just wasn't meant to be. So. You know, we got to we got to see how the script plays out. But I, you know, again, I'm just you this 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 can our greatest defeat can actually eventually turn into our biggest triumph. Because if we are the team that we think we can be and want to be and we're damn near almost a couple players away from being totally healthy. I. You know, this we can look back at this as the as the moment that that we got on the type of run that we need to to take us to where we all hope and want to be. So, I uh, I'm I'm disappointed, but I'm not discouraged. You know, true Panther football for the 2019 season. I see it as an opportunity that's going to all begin with the loss in San Francisco. And I hope in a few podcasts down the road, we're going to look back at it and be like, yeah, it was ugly, but it was necessary. So, you know, I'm just uh, just looking forward to see how we bounce back. Yeah, I think with what people got to realize when you play, you got two great two teams with solid defenses and elite pass rushes. The team that jumps out early and gets a lead has the advantage because you turn your opponent one dimensional and force them in must pass situations. So now you can. Be more aggressive with your defensive play calling. Your pass rushers don't have to be as, you know, disciplined with worrying about the run because you know the other team's going to pass. So your edge rushers can get off, get after the quarterback faster. Your DBs can take a lot of more risks 
And I think that's, uh, in a nutshell, that's what happened this week. And I compare it to the week before in our game against Tampa Bay when we jumped out to the early lead. You know, Tampa Bay reverted to a one-dimensional pass offense, and we were just able to get after, be aggressive, and get after Jameis and fluster him and force him into all of those turnovers. So I think by San Francisco being the team to jump out to that early lead today and then combining that with their front four and their pass rush, you know, Kyle Allen was basically in Jameis Winston's position a couple weeks back in London where he's now in must-pass situations. He's going to be under constant pressure. You know, DBs are going to be sitting on routes playing aggressive. And he's just never been in put into a situation like that before. So it's just when you play great defenses like this, you got to, you know, you got to keep either keep the score close or jump out on them early. Because I think if the opposite happened and we were forcing Jimmy Garoppolo into a one-dimensional pass offense, I think we would have seen a similar type of result. So I just think falling in that early hole just really made it difficult for this team to come back. You know, our offense isn't really built to come back in the first place, you know, for one. So hmm. I think the 51 to 13 scores not really reflective of the gap between us and the 49ers. I just think it's the circumstance of how the game had played out with one team falling from the hind, which allowed the other team to just be more aggressive in their play calling. And with the debacle on the offensive line, you know, we was chatting about this as the game was going on. They started out with uh, Daryl Williams at right tackle and Moten at left tackle. <laughs> this dude. And when I saw this, I was like, okay, this is what we do now. Uh, I, you know, we had speculation like, what, did Daly not have a good week of practice? Mm -hmm. Me, I'm thinking this was Rivera's last chance to let Daryl Worley show that he has a place to, you know, still make reps. But honestly, I think that unless injuries hit, I, I really don't expect to see a lot of more playing time the rest of the season from Daryl Williams if, with, the, with the way Daly's playing to stay healthy and hopefully Greg Little coming back. I think he has a place as a death player, but as far as his days as a starter, I, I think they're – I think they're done for us, you know, like I say, barring any, barring any type of injuries, because the moment we try to hide them at right tackle, what the 49ers do, they oh. sent Bosa right over there. <laughs> and on the first third down, what happens? Darrell Williams picks right back up at where he was last time he played tackle in Tampa and gave up a third down sack with, with, with great ease. So I pretty much think that um, Darrell Williams – time here in Carolina as far as a starter, I think they're pretty much up now. And unless injuries happen again, I really don't think we're going to see much of him, which honestly is not going to bother me much at all because he's he's just a shell of his former self. He's then went from an all pro to all hell no. And I'm I'm just I'm just I pretty much don't have any optimism optimism left for him to reestablish himself as a solid player. There is a Nobody's controversy. Listen, if we agree all the time. Hey, well, hey, but if, the, if it's the truth, it's the truth. I, I can't see anyone saying pro Daryl Williams at this point. If so, you just, you just, you just lying to the people, man. We didn't, you know, yard accused Rivera of lying and the medical staff of lying. You know, we can't be lying along with everybody else. <laughs> we we four man rushmen. We got to keep it a hundred for the fans. You know. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, this ain't Fox News. We ain't got to cause no controversy. We just gonna keep it one hundred. I tell you Speaking what. of keeping it 100, you know, let's talk about a certain safety on this 
roster that had Boy. this game. Man, you know, I'm gonna throw out a stat for y'all. What's up? Analytics. Football outsiders, I don't know. They got time on their hands to calculate this, but they do track it. They calculate a stat after 10 yards. After a running back gains 10 yards, how many open field yards does he gain against your defense? So after he gets 10 yards, how many yards does he gain after that? So it's a reflection of, you know, how well is your secondary tackling and preventing five, six, seven-yard gains from becoming 30-yard gains. And guess who's dead last in this statistical category? Hmm. The Carolina Panthers. What? So I'm going to call it YAB. You got yards after catch, which we call yak. We got yards after contact, which they also say YAC. I got a new stat for y'all, which is YAB, YAB, yards after Boston. (laughs) Once a running back gets in the open field, Trey Boston doesn't stand a chance. Like, why we even got a safety back there, man? He takes terrible <laughs> angles. And I'm not and I'm not getting our front seven off the hook. I already put them under the bus. They oh, got to sure. be more disciplined they put themselves with their gap under control. The bus. But the safety is supposed to be the last line of defense. He's supposed to win more of those than what you're winning. Yes. But this guy, but I'm tired of watching him dreads flying all wild across the field, chasing a guy, taking a terrible angle. And giving up these explosive run plays, you know, I think we got to start. I want to see better play from that position. You know, I'm not going to talk about the draft in October because it's way too early. That's way we got to get early. production from the guys we got right now, and I just want to see better safety play from both guys actually because Eric Reed had some, you know, yeah. poor gap responsibility as well yeah. in that last game. But we can talk about that later. Yeah, he had, a, he had a. I think he had one hit on the quarterback and his, a sack or whatever. But outside of that. Jesus. I mean, how many of y'all just, just knew it was going to be a Tevin Coleman versus Trey Boston moment again? I mean, that moment from 2016, that uh, December game back in um, Charlotte just came vividly back when I it's along the same sideline as well, along the, the right. on, on the on the left side of the defense. You if you go back and look at those runs that right. Tevin Coleman ran Sunday yeah. and that one he ran back uh 2016 when he was with the Falcons. They damn near look identical with the same results. I mean, Trey Boston got 10 yards in front of him, and he got smoked twice. So, yeah, y'all, y'all is after Boston. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a four-man rush stat as long as Boston on the uh, Boston is on, on the team. But, you know, you, you was holding out for eight, nine, ten million dollars a year with angles like that, bro? Mm. Nah. I, 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 nah. Yeah. Mm. You know what? I understand that you're a DB. You don't want to be tackling running backs and taking on guys coming downhill at you full speed. So, you know, you back there, you hoping, come on, Luke, get him down, get him down. I don't want him getting back here. You know, and you can see that in him. I mean, he's really taking poor angle. He's like, come on, James, tackle him. You know, get him before I got to, you know, get contact and get, and you just see things like that, man. It's like, you know, just step up and make the tackle, man. Keep your head up. What happened to all your tackling fundamentals you know oh he has none uh, i mean it's like you he know has none. i like trey don't get me wrong yeah. I, mean, I like his Great i like energy. his coverage ability he's a ball hawk back he there is. play tracks the ball very well he was a playmaker makes a lot of plays on the ball and that's been really helpful this year it's what we need from our secondary but you know just the run defense you know just taking poor angles like that just just didn't like what i saw last game Hey, well, I agree with you, man. I love his coverage angles. I like I like the way he plays in coverage. And at the same time, you know, 
I'd rather you. I'd rather him take the right angle, come up, try to make a tackle. Be like Kirk Coleman. If you got to get ran over, get ran over. At least we don't have to. We can just say, oh, my man's got ran over. He's not big enough or strong enough. Cool. We've seen some of our best safeties get ran over, and we'll, we'll still be content with their performances. But this guy's like, it's like Gerald McCoy was talking to him pregame. Because he ducking this. He ducking the smoke. <laughs> you, I want all you, that smoke. If you really look at it, <laughs> Trey Boston is the one ducking the smoke. So it's like, man. wow. He, fi- he, 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 he trying to find shelter, man. He ain't trying to have none of that. That's a ridiculous, bro. I, I'm surprised he hasn't had a – I mean, I don't, I don't mean to put any type of bad mojo on, uh, on Trey, but it, it, it amazes me that he hasn't had a neck injury yet, the way he tackles. He comes flying I in know. Like a like a damn flying Dutchman, man. What the, what is that? That's the thing. He's a big hitter. He likes con. I mean, he doesn't seem like a guy that shies away from contact. You know, he, I've seen him come up and lay the wood on guys, but just when he gets in the open field with these running backs, you know, he's diving at ankles. Yeah. Just ineffective. Nah, he's taking poor where, angles, where, chasing where, guys. Where, it's like mm-hmm. he's not ducking the smoke when a guy is defenseless. Like if somebody trying to catch a pass. Yeah, he gonna bring that wood, but when you bring that smoke at him, <laughs> whole different ball game. Ole! Hey, don't want no part of it. <laughs> Ole! Whole different ball game. Wait, it's a guy. It's a ball carrier with the ball in his hands coming right at his neck. Yeah, it's a whole different ball game. It's different when you running a you running the post and you looking at the ball and he coming right at Trey. Yeah. Well, he with all of that. When yeah. you're just a, a defensive receiver. He's with all of that. But when it comes to you running right at him, whole different story. Whole different story. Totally different story. Now, I know people are beating up on poor Kyle. <laughs> poor poor Kyle, man. I, I I really don't think I really don't think he uh he knew what he was running into neither, man. That defensive front was just wow. Poor guy. Hey Tim, I'm not I'm not super disappointed in Kyle, to be honest with you. Like you you expect this to eventually happen. Like, what what yeah. quarterback in the history of NFL has never had a humbling game like this? Every right. single one of them have had it. Right. Every single one of them has had it. Like, it, it happens. Yeah. But at the same time, when you got these fans out here that's totally against them, I have no hmm. argument back at them when the dude had seven fumbles in four games. Now he's got a three-pick game. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a really good game that first start where he threw four touchdowns, but he's been pretty average ever since then. He's just been doing just enough for us to get the win, and he's, you can't knock him for that. He's been a backup. That's, that's what he's, he's supposed to do. He's been a backup, do. but he's not Tom Brady. No. And, 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 and that's the that? problem right there. Like, so many people are trying to put this man on the pedestal just because they hate Cam Newton so right, much. Right, right. But at right. the end of the day, the boy done fumbled seven times. He done threw, he done threw three, three interceptions in one game. It is what it is. He's a backup. That's that's what it is. And unfortunately, so, you know, I gotta disagree with a few of that. Like to me, he's under the microscope and under intense scrutiny because of the Cam Newton situation. And I think people have been unable to evaluate him as a standalone player without comparing him to what Cam Newton's doing. I mean, he's a let's let's put it in perspective and just judge Kyle Allen as Kyle Allen without Cam Newton and the haters the racism aspect mm. of it because it's there mm. just let's remove all of that from the picture and let's look at i mean he's a 
undrafted free agent quarterback, didn't get much of a college career, bouncing from school to school mm-hmm. in his, what, sixth start? So yeah. compare him to other second-year quarterbacks. What do, if you, I mean, we watched 49ers games. What did they do to Baker Mayfield two weeks ago? Oh, they were wow. all over him. All over him. He had a terrible game. You know, what did, when uh, Bill Belichick got a chance to play against second-year quarterback Sam Darnold, what did he do? <laughs> Darnold was seeing ghosts. Man, yeah, yeah. Had a terrible <laughs> game. When you line up Kyle Allen versus Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, the Bills, Josh Allen, these are first-round quarterbacks. And you compare how Kyle Allen's doing compared to them, hmm. I mean, it's a steal to be able to have a guy like that as an undrafted free agent. So yeah. I wouldn't call him quote-unquote, he's a backup because he started six games now. He's going to be the starter until Cam Newton's healthy and he's ready to come back. I think the more, the bigger issue, he's an inexperienced guy in his sixth start. You know, he's going to be, it's going to be a learning process. He's going to go through growing pains that all young quarterbacks have to go through. So I think what we want to know now is, okay, you know, you've had your, you've had your bad moment. You've had your quote-unquote exposure game how are you going to bounce back and learn from this and i think we're going to get a good chance to see that because this tennessee titan defense he's about to see this week is no joke i mean they may not be as good as the san francisco 49ers but they have that type of talent and they have the potential to be that good yeah they had a good defense last year but you know kyle i mean kyle is kyle you know he he, he has he has a good arm i mean there's no there's no doubt about that um, I see some. I see some folks sleeping on that Titans defense, but they've been the top ten unit for the last six years, straight up. Yeah, I mean they could play, but I mean I I think I think Kyle Kyle can handle it, man. Um, I just, I just wish that I, in in a way I think Norv is holding him back just a little bit because based on his play calls, because it seems to me Kyle doesn't go through his progressions, right? He'll lock onto one side of the field and won't even come to the other side. It's like he he, he has a he has an idea what Norv wants him to do when he does it. If he if he can improvise just a little bit and go through his progressions a little bit more, I think he'll have more success. But again, that that relies on you know giving him time to do said said things and things of that nature. But you know, but yeah, he's going to get tested on on Sunday. That's for sure. Our Titans defense ain't no joke. Christian might get tested too. We'll see. Yeah, I think too. One thing I noticed. I mean, Samuel was getting behind the. 49ers on a couple of plays, but yeah. he just didn't have that arm strength to be able to push the ball downfield to get it to him. So that might be, you know, I think when you talk about NFL prospects, you know, they like arm talent. So maybe his arm strength was a big concern for him coming out of college, which is why he wasn't drafted. So that's one thing you can see. But I think also his pocket presence is a little shaky and he kind of runs himself in the sacks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not excusing our offensive line. You know, they haven't played well, but Kyle Allen's kind of hasn't made it easy on them and has kind of walked himself into some of those True. sacks. You know, for example, on that first set where Daryl Williams gave up against Bosa, mm. you know, DJ Moore was running an out route and Richard Sherman was playing inside leverage. So mm. Kyle Allen needs to make that anticipation throw before mm. DJ comes out of his break. You know, DJ would have been in perfect position to beat. Richard Sherman on that out route, but Kyle kind of double was kind of hesitant in getting the ball out. And against a defensive line like that, you can't afford to hold the ball that long. And that's pretty much Norv's offense too. So I think um, not the game's moving a little fast for him right now is what I've seen. Yeah, you know he needs to. It's just very inexperienced. That you know moving around the pocket, reading defenses, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. making those anticipatory throws, you know, helping his line out. He just needs more experience. But I think we can win games with him, but he's still a work in process. You know, it's not, you know, I think it's unfair putting him under the microscope the way people have been and trying to skip his development process and crown him already. Let him go through that development process and we'll evaluate once he's there. If you want to crown him, crown is that. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you 100%. Well, I'm just, I, I just want I want the same energy to be shown amongst all 53 guys. That's all I want. Show the same energy for everybody. You know, Cam Newton, worst year, I think he might have fumbled the ball 12 times. But Kyle Allen fumbled the ball seven times in four games. Like, just show the same energy for everybody because I'm not – I'm not biased at all with this situation. I don't care who the quarterback is. Nah, I don't care. Clearly, because y- y'all don't see me in no groups. Y'all don't see me talking about the quarterback situation at all. I don't care who playing quarterback. I just want a win. Like, if Kevin got to go out there and throw me two first downs and hand the ball off to McCaffrey all four quarters, if it means we win, we win. I'm good with that. I don't care who play quarterback. They show the same energy because you – at the end of the day, like Norris tells us every day, these guys are human, man. They see what we're saying. They see the criticism. They see the ridicule and all of that stuff. So if you're going, if you're going to be scolding somebody, show the same energy with everybody. That's all I'm asking. Person- the same criticism per player. Person- all 53 guys. Personally, I want to see That's Kevin. I want. I want to see Kevin throw that ball to you, bro, and get that first down, yo, for real. I want to see that. Nah, Kev going to throw that. Well, Kev, I know Kev. He could throw me a forty yard, a forty yard nine route any day of the week. I was he up. got it in him. He got it in him forever. I, I, I know what he can do. That's what's up, hey, man. Truth be told, I like like a couple summers ago, I was checking it about between forty to fifty yards. Now, so I mean, hey, hey, hey. You know. You know, we ever do a, a a lineman halfback option or something? You know what I'm saying? I'm the man. You know what I'm saying? You know, but uh. Yeah, I got a few skills left, though. We need to have a four-man rush Thanksgiving football game. We can wait till Christmas. Wait till some snow come out. We need to all meet up and just play some two-hand touch football, man. Hey, man, we can do when we all meet up in Atlanta, right? Absolutely. Y'all know y'all ain't got this for the hotel. Yeah, y'all have fun with that. I'm here with y'all. Y'all good, man. You too, Tim. Y'all have fun with that. Send me pictures. (laughs) <laughs> no, you going you gonna play, bro. If you ain't gonna play, you're gonna have to be the ref. <laughs> you can't listen, you can't you can't be worse than the rest we got out here now. <laughs> hey, you know that you never lied. <laughs> you never lied. I don't know, man. These these refs is my but I ain't anyway, let me give me that's that's a whole other story. Um so well, let's talk more in depth about this Tennessee team, man. Um Marietta, this defense. Um, who wants to take a first shot at that, man? I, I, I haven't done my homework on these guys other than they're they're next to us. <laughs> Mario, the bench, they got uh, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan The Tannehill. Dolphins quarterback uh, replaced Marcus Mariota. He won two straight games for them. Oh. But, man, Tennessee, a sneaky good team. They're yeah. not flashy. So people are like, it's a team, you look, at their, you look at them and you say, why are they good? But, I, you know, they're a good team. I mean, I don't – this is – it's a very tough game following the 49ers game. I'll put you that. I think they're a very solid, uh, sound, well-coached team. They got a lot of good players. I mean, Kevin Bird, the safety, arguably the best 
at his position. He made first team all pro two years ago. You know, he's a ball hawk back there. So you got to be careful. You know, guys, you think a guy's open, Kevin Bird's going to jump that route and make plays. I think they're ninth in the NFL in turnover sports, and they got the fourth scoring defense Jeez. in the NFL. So they're very opportunistic. They bend a little, but don't break. They keep guys out of the end zone, keep points off the board. They got a solid defensive line. You know, Jarrell, we struggled with um, defensive tackles this year. Matt Parrott is on yes. that interior. He struggled with Vita yes. Bea. Yes. You know, we talked about a lot. He struggled with um, DJ Reader from Houston. Mm -hmm. They got mm -hmm. Jarrell Casey, who might be as good as anybody we faced all year. Jesus. You know, it's not a name you hear. You know, here, watch the NFL 100 series every year. I'm sure you'll find Jarrell Casey on there probably each of the last two, three years. He's that good of a player. You know, got Harold Landry, their own version of Brian Burns. Mm. You know, good speed rusher, bendy guy, gets after the passer. Um, they're a good defense. You know, Rashawn Evans, Alabama linebacker, is playing very well. Mm. And their secondary, you know, they got Dory Jackson, who I think is a lot like Dante Jackson. He was a sprinter at USC, very mm. fast athletic player. I think he's hurt. And they got uh, Malcolm Butler. I mean, you all know him from the game-winning interception when Pete Carroll didn't hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl that one year. Uh, but other than that, you know, I think this is a, as good as a defense as we'll see all year. So definitely not an easy game we got coming up this year, this week. And on offense, it just starts with Derrick Henry. They want to pound the ball, but they do have some young, talented receivers as well. So I'm not saying I don't think we can win this game, you know, because I think we they play our style of ball. And I think it's more, you know, we can, if we jump out to an early lead, force them into those must-pass situations and get pressure on Tannehill, I think we can, you know, this is a winnable game for us, but it's definitely not a team that you can take for granted. Hmm. Hey, well, to add, another, to, your, oh. to add to your point, bro, Jarrell Casey is just as destructive as Aaron Donald. The reason why y'all know about it, he plays for the Titans and not the Rams. Like, the Titans are a very small market, but it's true. They've got Pro Bowl, All Pro type talent on all three levels. This defense is going to be just as good as any defense we've we've faced all year. And just like we've gone through growing pains with our receivers, like with DJ and Curtis, they've gone through similar things. You know, Corey Davis is supposed to be one of the most talented players, not just receivers, but most talented athletes in the NFL. And you can actually see his growth. Like I see his growth from week to week, from year to year. So it's not going to be a cakewalk, just like you said. They got talent all over the place, just like we have. People might have forgotten, but they played the Patriots deep in the playoffs. What two years ago? You know they're not they're not far removed from being a Super Bowl contending team. You never called them that because again they're they're in Tennessee, small market, but they were a game short of playing for an AFC championship. So. Definitely not a team I'm sleeping on. And I know, Kev, you were about to speak. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just adding to Will's point. Oh, no, no, you good. I, I was just pretty much, you know, it gave me time to kind of get my thoughts ready for my segment about the Tennessee Titans. I mean, uh, thanks to Will, put me on to the um, uh, Football Outsiders website this morning. I was able to um, gather some information and figure out what might be our best plan of success against this team. Uh, just looking at the Tennessee Titans, as far as their offense line, it's pretty much it's, it's, it's simple. This is kind of like going to be like the Jacksonville game 
all over again with, with Fournette. What Tennessee like to do is pretty much line up and try to just beat you in the head with, with Derrick Henry. I'm, I'm looking at their numbers here. When it comes to power run success, they're fifth overall in the NFL at 75%. That means when they line up to run power run plays, and if you don't do what you're supposed to do, they're going to run your ass over and keep doing it until you try to stop it. Now, on the flip side of it, though, they're also near the top of the league as far as most running play stuff behind the line of scrimmage as well. Uh, it shows here that uh, their stuff ranking is 28 out of 32 at 24%. So on 24% of their runs, basically every one out of four running plays, they're getting stuff. So by volume, they're going to run at you a lot, and they're pretty much see if, if you can handle that volume and if it's going to break. This is a game, and I think we stated this on another podcast. Hey, let's just put eight in the box, and I dare you to beat, and I dare your dare your quarterback Tannehill to beat us. Because on the flip side, when it comes to pass protection with the Tennessee Titans, they are dead last. They've already given up 34 sacks already through, what is it? This is week nine, so I don't know if they had their bye week yet. But either way, that's they already on a pace for <laughs> 70 already, sacks given up. I mean, they're dead last there. Is, is pretty much stop the running game, penetrate that offensive line of theirs to force them to be one-dimensional. And that talented defense they got, one thing that neutralizes any great defense is attrition, have them get them on the field, time of possession. And, and, and I think this is something that we can take advantage of if we come out right and come out like we should. So, you know, stuffing, stopping the run consistently and – and we can get like a two-touchdown, 14-17-point lead and force Tannehill to start dropping back, then then that's when we can really, really uh, dictate the flow of this game. So those are opportunities that I see for us against the uh, Tennessee Titans. Let's uh, load up the box and get after Henry and, and be like, all right, Tannehill, do what you got to do. I, I just want to see how Christian McCaffrey reacts because he looked pretty pissed. Sunday, and I, I, I just want, I just want to see him just bust that defense up. But you know, as you guys mentioned, that that front, that front's going to, you know, make some, make some gaps for him. And it, you know, uh, uh, they did a decent job with that, obviously, because Christian had a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of good decent runs. Man, he would have had more yards than he actually wound up with for, for the penalty. So <laughs> I just want to get this bad taste out of my mouth, man. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I, I mean, I think the jury's out. On the Panthers, Kyle Allen's going to have to make some throws to win this game, I think. Yeah. And I think he can. I've seen him do it. But yeah. it's going to be a um, – I think this is a game where he's going to have to put his big boy pants on and help. You know, the defense and Christian McCaffrey have done a lot to help him out and make his uh, first NFL starts more comfortable and ease into it. I think now it's his time to grow up. And I want him to show that he can play – he can be a starter in this league, you yeah. know. I think he's had one game against the lowly Cardinal defense where he's looked like a guy that can be a long-term starter, whether it's the Panthers or somewhere else. No, I'm not causing a controversy. I'm just speaking on Allen himself. I just want him to come to this Tennessee game, you know, everything he's learned over his past six starts and just kind of see him put it all together to show better pocket presence, more comfortable, making proper reads, proper throws, and just establish himself like, yeah, I'm here. I can be a long-term starter in this league. Amen. 
I think he can, though, man. I think he can. We're, we're about to figure out what this boy is about. We're about to figure out what this team's about. We're about to figure out what this coaching staff's about. I mean, that defense, even to this day, is not the 49ers, but they're still pretty much top 10 in every category. They worry me, so, bro. No, for real. They, <laughs> they worry me, for it's real. Top 10, it's top 10 in every category. They got elite talent on all three levels. It's not going to be an easy road for Kyle Allen, but like Will was saying, if he can if he can overcome this adversity and actually put together a solid showing against a top ten defense, that's going to speak volumes. And it's not going to speak volumes for him, but it's going to speak volumes for the North Turner offense. So many people are doubting North Turner at this point too. It's not just the players. I see people in these groups doubting North Turner. They saying, "Why you keep?" You know, force-feeding McCaffrey. Why are you not spreading around all the weapons we've got? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not making it easier on the defense? Like, you got a lot of the people that's knocking North Turner at this point. So, and, then, and my dad is a Vikings fan, so I, I've seen this before. I've seen a lot of hmm. criticism put on North Turner in general, like, throughout his stops. Not just Carolina, but Minnesota, even Dallas towards the end. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be this is a, this not just a big game for the player. It's not just a big game for the quarterback. I feel like us as diehard Panther fans, we deserve some kind of an answer from North Turner. I guess it seems like the offense just hasn't like he's. I mean, Larry already talked about this earlier, but they just haven't had a game where everybody's clicked on all cylinders. You know, and I'm not using the excuse that we have a backup quarterback because I just don't believe i mean if you're on the field you're a starter and we need your best Mm -hmm. so i just want to see a complete offensive performance and just head this team in the right direction yeah you you know i was asked earlier in a post uh while i was at work about you know my whole view and take of this whole you know kyle allen thing and i've said it from the jump anybody that's on the 53-man roster anybody that's on the 10-man practice squad that that's that's who I support. That's who I hold down. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, and I and I made a good analogy, and someone thought it was <laughs> pretty cool how I said it. You know, Cam Newton is like that Michelin tire. All right, his tire got popped. We had to throw Cal out and all as a spare. Everybody want to ride this spare all the way to our final destination that we want to go. It don't work that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and it's not to not Cal Allen or think that. You know, he's not capable, but as Will brilliantly broke down, he's only in his sixth start. You know, takes experience, takes reps. I think that he will develop into a quality NFL caliber quarterback. You know, but once once Cam Newton is 100%, man, it's, it's a no-brainer. You know, all this, like, because of his streak with no interceptions and the last person did this was Warner and all this other stuff, man. I was just sitting back like, if I speak the truth, it's going to sound like I'm hating. But at the same time, y'all, y'all killing me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm look, I'm all for whoever's going to help us get a get a victory at the end of the day. Yeah. I don't care if we win 3-2 to two or we win 45-42. At the end of the day, if we're 1-0, that's that's all I want. That's all I can ask for. So, yeah, it, I've been on record saying, you know, to you guys, I think Cam probably come back, you know, November 17th against the Falcons. So I want to see how Allen bounced back against Tennessee. 
Uh, as if y'all ain't heard yet, our game against Green Bay got flexed from one o'clock to four four twenty five. I don't know if they're thinking, anticipating it as well, but you know, un, un, until Rivera makes it known that Cam's going to play, it's the Kyle Allen show, and he's got my full support. And I'm looking forward to seeing him bounce back and and mm-hmm. and recover from this because mm-hmm. you know we, you know, f- for all the players on the team. We should be giving out 53 ass whoopings this coming Sunday. And that's how I feel about it. Yeah, you know, on that topic, I think for once, Panther Nation needs to put this quote-unquote quarterback controversy aside and just get behind the team in this crucial part of the season. Because right now, we're eighth place. We're not even a playoff team right now. So we got some work to do. I mean, it's going to be a hard fight trying to even get a wild card spot right now because you got the four division leaders, you know, the weak NFC East, unfortunately gets an automatic berth. So you're going to look at the Dallas Cowboys. They're all probably going to get in green Bay from the North San Francisco from the West and between new Orleans, who's got a two game lead on us now in the South. So then the wild card, you got Minnesota, Seattle and LA and us sitting in eighth place. So any loss, that we incur with Kyle Allen just makes it that less, less likely that we're going to be able to get into the playoffs at the end of the year. So, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, if Cam comes back against Atlanta and we lose these next two games, we're going to be sitting four and five, you know, and it's going to be a question of whether you want to bring your star quarterback back for meaning, meaningless games. And that's going to be the new topic of discussion, not whether we're going to ride the hot hand, whether it makes sense to bring him back at all to play in meaningless games when it's a highly unlikely that we're going to make the playoff berth. So what we need to do right now is just get behind the team, support them so that they can win these games, put themselves in position to make the playoff so that when Cam comes back, that decision becomes easier and he can help carry the momentum into the playoffs. So that's what we want the discussion to be. Cam elevating this team further and carrying them to the playoffs, not debating whether it makes sense to put them on IR because we're so far out of the playoff picture because we're losing games. But let's just support our team for once and put all this controversy aside because we need, they need to need our support to try to bounce back and get these wins. Especially in the home games, folks. We got, we got a couple of uh, playoff teams that we're going to be playing over the next couple of weeks, folks. Outside of Atlanta and the Redskins, we're playing playoff teams. I mean, I mean, Tennessee might not be a playoff team, but they have a playoff caliber defense. So, guys, ladies, folks, show up to the games. Show up. You can have my spot because I ain't going to be there. <laughs> show up to the games, folks, because they're going to need your help, for real. It's, 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 it's imperative. We can still make it to the playoffs. We can still sal- salvage this season, but we got playoff games twice against the Saints. Seattle, Green Bay. It's this the the Colts the Colts are playing, folks. I mean, they're they're vying for that that for that number one spot in the AFC South. It's not gonna be a it's not gonna be a cakewalk in by any measure. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see what we're about. Oh boy, <laughs> man, I had some high hopes for this team, and I still do. I still do. We got the talent. We just gotta come come together. And um, overcome this this adversity that we uh, that we're facing right now. So, hey, um, anybody here? Anybody any per, player player personnel moves on the Panthers or anything? I know I mentioned at the beginning that the, the gentleman from uh, Wake Forest. I believe he got. I believe he got 
boosted up to the practice squad, I think. Yeah, what um this week, what to keep an eye out on the punt and kick returner. Oh yeah. It's been a volatile position this year. It actually kind of hurt us in the 49ers game as well. We had that muff kickoff with Bonifant and a muff punt with Zilstra. We didn't lose the ball. We didn't turn the ball over, but yeah. it cost us valuable field position. Mm-hmm. But uh Greg Dortch from Wake Forest was a guy I really like coming out of college. He's an explosive playmaker, adds value as a returner. And a slot receiver, so maybe look for him to, now that he's been with the team for a couple of weeks, he might be a guy that can take over the return duties. Um, we signed Braxton Miller from Ohio State, who a lot of our Buckeye Panther Nation uh, <laughs> fans are familiar with. But he was uh, injured, so he was put on IR. So that's more of a project player. I think looking ahead long term, he's not going to do anything for us this year, but they probably want to give him a shot to compete next year in camp. And they signed this kid, uh, Quadri Henderson, from Pitt to the practice squad. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, that's, these aren't guys. Don't get caught up in why aren't we signing A.J. Green <laughs> instead of this guy. This what? is the practice squad. What we're trying to do is find guys with athletic traits that can be molded and developed to become productive players down the road, you know, like – uh, Demir Bird was an example. You know, every once in a while you may get a guy like that. So that's what that is. As far as the 52-man roster, you know, guys that suit up on Sunday, we got we had 52 players, so that leaves one open roster spot. I know rumors are that Herney wanted to add another wide receiver. He didn't do that through the trade market, so I don't know what his plan is there. I mean, there's some vet guys out there that I'm just not, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, offensive line depth could be an option. But I think it's going to be a move on the offensive side of the ball. So just stay tuned. You know, I don't think Herney's done moving and shaking. Well, all right, folks. Um, I believe we covered pretty much all we can cover other than the fact that we're still salty as hell about, <laughs> about Sunday. Um, not much we can do about that. Time heals all wounds. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what the squad's about Sunday. Well, they're going to have the absolute full-fledged support of the four-man rush when they get on that field on Sunday, and I hope they got your uh, they, they, they got your support too. So, um, Any closing remarks, gentlemen? I'm good. Just keep pounding, fellas. Just keep pounding. Panther Nation, keep pounding. Don't give up on this team, man. We, we're still in a good position to try to make a run for this Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And just remember... One loss is one loss, whether it's six to three or 51 to 13. So you don't get an extra loss because they put a 50-burger on. (laughs) Move on and let's get ready for the Titans. Uh, Kevin? Yeah, and I just want to say that, you know, as ugly that loss was, the truth is, the reality is that we still control our destiny. Everything we possibly could want and have out of season is the opportunity is there if if we handle our business week after week. I was on the record of saying 13 and three best case scenario of healthy and everything is clicking at the moment. We already got the three part right now. We just got to add on the 13 if possible, but <laughs> Hey, you know, all I'm worried about is one and oh this week and let the chips fall where they may, but you know, just, uh, yeah, we're going to keep pounding over here folks. And we're going to make sure that we bring it to you in a way that, that you can understand the whys of what's going on and, as always, you know, we just thank you for your support, your comments, and your interesting debates that you share with us on all of our four-man rush accounts. We appreciate the love, and 
make sure you tell tell others about us as well. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking us out. This is the Four Man Rush Podcast with the Carolina Panthers. I'm your host, Timmy Vio, along with Kevin and Will and Larry. And shout out to Monty, Canardo, Norris, a.k.a. Mike Allstott. <laughs> Um, uh, Jadarius and Vince. And no matter when you're listening to this podcast, uh, whether it's the morning, afternoon, or evening, we hope you're having a good day. We hope you're enjoying yourselves and taking care of yourselves. Um, and make sure you check out our uh, our uh, Four Man Rush Four Man Rush um, website at thefourmanrush.com. Um, you can check us out on Instagram, um, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And uh, hey. Keep your head up. Keep keep your head up. We still got, what, nine games left, right? Keep your head up. Play no games. Show up. Get up. Stand up. And as always, keep pounding. Ugh. Come on, Sunday. That was good. Very informative. It was. It was. <laughs> I, I hate, I hate, that we, I hate that it had to be that type of inspiration. But yeah, that was very informative. This game, I don't know. I think we, I think we're gonna win this game. But I can't lie, this is gonna be a tough, tougher game than people expecting it to be. I hear you, man. Seeing people on Facebook saying, "Oh, we got these bums this week. This will be easy bums. for Allen to bounce back." I'm like, yeah. Yes. I don't know about all that. Bums. Don't sleep. Tannehill can throw that rock too, cause. Don't sleep. Closest only bum team on our schedule is probably the Redskins. The Falcons, that's it. <laughs> yeah, Falcons, of course. That's it. She love it, we out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill out the covers and do we call me and you love us The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Men Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Men Rush exclusively. Thank you.